Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, Consciouspreneurs, Monica Kay here, and I am so excited about my guest today. What an incredible being. Today, I want to present to you Mr. Rory K. Douglas. He's a financial educator, a best-selling author, and a high-performance life coach. He's also the founder of the Aqua Financial Center in Woodland Hills, California, and he is on a national campaign to spread financial literacy. He's got a newly released book called Cracking the Rich Code, and that's an Amazon international bestseller. He's collaborated with powerhouse speakers like the New York Times number one bestselling author and business strategist Tony Robbins, America's number one success coach Jim Britt, and the star of the hit show Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. He was also, I looked this up, friends, and Rory was voted recently honored as a top 100 financial guru, top 100, top global leader in insurance and finance. So Rory, welcome to the Consciouspreneur podcast, my friend. Monica, man, let me tell you, I'm excited to be here. When I tell you how excited I am, I thank you for having me on your platform. And I'm looking forward to having a lot of fun and helping a lot of people. I'm excited. That's me. You know what? I love that. And I always say, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So I would just like to hear if you could share with us any backstory of, you know, like where you started and, and why financial literacy? Why are you on this mission? Can you fill us in? Well, I'll tell you this. My beginning wasn't that rosy. Um, as a young child in the south side of Chicago, I got kicked out of every elementary school and every high school. I was labeled a troubled youth. However, I was a good student. I mean, I could listen to the teacher, recite everything the teacher said. I mean, I knew everything from word for word. But unbeknownst to me, Monica, I had suffered from a dis- uh, disability. And it was called, it's called dyslexia. I read things backwards. So every time the teacher would have like a open book or a test, I would create a distraction to get thrown off the class. And the teachers used to always say, why are you, you're such a great student? Why are you acting like this? What's wrong with you? But I didn't know what was wrong with me. I knew I had a disability because when I read things, I, I just couldn't read them. So being embarrassed, I would create a distraction, throw something, push something to get thrown out of the class. That's why I got kicked out of most of those classes. Now, it wasn't until I was about 12 years old. My mom is my mentor. She worked three jobs, sometimes four jobs to take care of my brother, my sister and myself. My mom is my mentor. So one day I was in the car with my mom. She was rushing as she always used to rush. And she was basically saying, hey, hey, read those instructions. I need to get there. And I try to create a distraction, do something to get thrown off. But I'm in the car with mom's. And one thing about my mom, when she spoke, hey, I'm telling you, she was serious. So we were listening. So I tried to read. She noticed something was wrong. She pulled the car over and stopped. And she had a, a, a look on her face. I didn't know what it was about, but she took me to the counselors the next day at the school. She took took off work, took me to the counselors, and she said, something's wrong. He's reading different things. Maybe this is the reason why he kept getting kicked out of class. 
He said that he was embarrassed. That's why he's doing what he's doing. So I received training uh, for my disability. So I always tell people today that you can have a disability, but you don't have to be disabled. And what I see today, I see people with disabilities do more than people, people who have all their faculties. So I use my disability as my superpower. So that's exactly was my beginning in terms of, you know, and then I went back to school, got straight A's, went from the bottom to the top. And uh, that was that's how my beginning started. But I, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I'll tell you something. Most people spend more time, Monica, outside of themselves and very little time with themselves. You know, when you're young, you have a lot of influences. You know, your parents want you to do things. Other people want you to do things and you're trying to figure it out. That's the reason why the average college student changed their major at least four times. But me having a disability, I had really a lot of time to spend with myself. So I got a chance to so know, uh, you know, what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. And I didn't really, really have to be an actor like most people are being actors because they spend so many times, so much time outside themselves trying to be like other people. I got a lot of time to spend with myself. So to this day, it really kept me well grounded. I know who I am and whose I am. And that was my beginning. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is so impactful for not only parents and the kids and our listeners to hear, because that story is a story of personal growth. It really is. And over, you use the word label, right? And those labels, even as young people or as adults, we get to choose to A, recognize them and B, either accept them or say no and and reject them. And it sounds like there was a turning point in your life where you said, no, that's not me. What were the labels? Well, the labels was, you know, coming from the inner city of Chicago, I was pretty much, you know, labeled, um, you know, most likely not to succeed. Mm. Um, I was pretty much uh, told by family members you're not going to amount out to be nothing. You go either go to prison or be in jail. All these different things were coming at me. However, I knew deep down inside of me that I had greatness. But imagine having greatness, but you can't really express it because of a, a disability, right? A disability, right. Yeah. So I just thank God that my mom, you know, took the time out to really, really take me to the counselors and identify that, that problem. And one thing I did learn, too, when I was in the hallways, in, in the streets with those individuals who were really actually bad people or doing bad things. I learned that uh, there's no such thing as a bad student. Ooh. You know, if you look at their environment, their surroundings and things that are happening, then you will see exactly why people get put in the positions that they get put in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not, not making excuses for people doing things that are wrong. However, I know for a fact that it's always something troubling young people. I was troubled and didn't really know what to do about it. Someone helped me. So that's the reason why today I stay well grounded. And uh, I'm really focusing on kids who are quiet, kids that don't speak up, kids that have been uh, abused and, and kids have been disenfranchised. And let me tell you, it's that's all around the world. That's in all communities, all neighborhoods. And it's really, really about working with young people 
And I know I have something to say. So when I, I love to talk to young people because that's what it's all about. I overcame my disability. And today it really helps me. And I use it as my superpower. I just, I absolutely love that. And you're right. I think we're, these stories and, and these experiences are allowed in our lives so we can pour it into others, right? So what an incredible message. I really love that, Rory. Thank you. Um, so, and then at one point, it became about numbers and finances. Do you remember the day you started heading in that direction? Oh, definitely. You know, as a young kid, I've always been an entrepreneur. When I had a lemonade stand, I sold the most lemonade. When I had a paper route, I had the biggest paper route. So it's always been in me to be a people's person, quote unquote, an entrepreneurial. I had that spirit inside of me and uh, I just didn't connect the dots. But I've always loved finance. I've always loved people. So I worked so many jobs. I've worked jobs, washing windows, scrubbing floors, working on cars, all of the grimy jobs. I've done that. And my mom, like I said, taking care of six children as a single mom. My father died at a very, very young age. My mom, you know, we had to basically help my mom. So I had to really get out there at a young age and really, really work to help my mom. And that's the reason why it turned me into uh, an entrepreneur. I, I was around the public. I talked to people. You know, I remember as a young child going to the grocery store and asking older women and people, hey, can I help you take your groceries to your car? Can't wow. do that today, but right. you will learn things. And um, I, I, I did so many different things as a kid helping people. And I've learned that there's power in service. Mm. So for me, wherever there's a problem, that's exactly, that's what I love. It's a problem. There's an opportunity for me. So to make a long story short, I worked a lot of different jobs. I had a passion for music. My mom loves music. She always kept music playing in our home as a kid. And I loved music. So a friend of mine, he was actually in the music industry. And he said to me, he said, hey, you know, you would do really well in the music industry because you like music. you got a great personality. You, you're my mentor. I'm in the music industry. I'm doing great. I'm making some good money. Why don't you get involved with the music industry instead of working those two and three jobs? And I was like, uh, you know, hey, I would love to get involved, but, you know, this is what I do. So one day he came to me and he said, hey, you know, listen, I'm going on tour and uh, I can bring you along for a few dates and you can just come and see exactly what you like and do a little internship. And I, uh, I agreed to doing it, but I went back and told my boss and I said, hey, can I have two weeks off and uh, for vacation? I had vacation, too. But I said, can I have two weeks off? My boss said, uh, Rory, we can't let you have two weeks off. I need you. I really need you. You know what you do. I, I really need you. I can give you a week, but I can't do two weeks. So I was like, okay, I'll take the week. So I made my mind up. I'm going to go on this music tour. And, you know, I have a few dates. I think it was almost like uh, a month or two. And I said, hey, I'm going to go on here in a week and I'll see exactly within a week whether or not if I would really like this. So I got onto that tour within a week and I'm telling you, man, I was like really, really helping everyone. And within a week, the people on the tour, they start to get the chance to really know me because they called me the go-to guy. I was the go-to guy. Big, they call me big man. Go to the, he, he gets it done for you. So I was really good at it. So that one week opportunity turned into a career for me. Wow. So, so being asked to stay on the tour 
And I went on the tour and I worked with a lot of notable artists. And uh, along that tour, meeting some of the artists, I met a good friend of mine. His name is Joseph Gelman. He was an entertainment attorney. And uh, he saw my work ethic. He saw how people responded to me. And he asked me one day, he said, kiddo, um, have you ever thought about having your own management company? I, I said, I would love to have my own management company. But Joseph, I don't know the first thing to do. I don't know anything about uh, you know business and money and numbers. And he was like, it's not hard. It's not hard. He said, I'll tell you what. He says, when you get off the tour, take my car, come see me. So I'm going through the tour. I'm meeting people. And I, but I still had in the back of my mind that this gentleman said to me that, hey, I could have my own business. And, I, and that sunk a seed in my head. So once I got off of the tour, I was eager. I, I called him up, went out to his office, and um, we sat down. And he started to tell me, you know, he could teach me exactly how the music industry worked, all of the, the things I need to know, how to start a corporation, the whole nine yards. He'll help me set it up. So him and myself became partners. And uh, the music company was pretty much birthed. It was called RKD Music Management. And we went from the bottom to the top. We had a lot of known artists that I managed and worked with. However, when I was working with the artists, it was great. But the part I really loved, I loved the part of the business, learning about starting businesses and corporations and certain different things. But Joseph gave me a hard lesson. He gave me everything I wanted in the business. But at the end of the year, when it was time to get our uh, salaries, he, he, he wrote a check and handed me the check. And I looked at the check. I think you made a mistake here, right? You must have missed something. This, this is mine. And he was like, yeah, th that's, that's it. I said, Joseph, we made all of this revenue. How is it possible I only get this? And he said, okay, here, here. He put a stack of papers on my desk. And he says, that's all of your expenses. That's all of the, the meals, the artists, the traveling, the videos. I'm looking at all. He says, all detailed. And it came up to a certain amount. And I was like, wow, I spent that much money? Yes, you did. That's your cut. And I was in a bad position because I'm looking at everything I had to pay. And then I end up owing more taxes than I even got paid. Mm, this is a good story, Rory. <laughs> once again, my superpower kicked in as a kid. When my back was against the wall, against all odds, that's when I performed the best. So when that happened, I said, you know what? I'll never put myself in a position like this again. I went to the library. I bought every book on finance I could get my hands on. Everything, I was just an advocate reader every day, reading about taxes, reading about uh, contracts, reading about everything. I really got so engulfed in how money works, contracts, the whole nine yards. And I found doing that transition, this is what I really love. I love business. I love finance. So we had some great successes at our company. And uh, the company, everything shifted from CDs to downloads. So imagine when you have a CD, at the time, CDs were going for like 10 bucks. And we had a, a deal with, with Universal Music Group where we got 50-50. So I would get five bucks on the CD. And that was, that was great money at that particular time. But it went from five bucks to 99 cents downloads because the industry shift. 
So things started to really, really taper. Joseph got a little sick, had some challenges, and we ended up selling the company back to the music industry for undisclosed amount, made some pretty good money. So once I did that, I said to myself, what I'm going to do, uh, I'm no longer in the business. So I thought about a lot of things. Should I get involved with real estate? Should I get involved here? Should I get back in music? And I said, you know, I really love this finance thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and just try to, I'm going I'm to go check out the financial industry. So I ended up going and getting involved with the financial industry. And uh, I was pretty much like a hit from the start. Every time I went to a firm, I would start from the bottom, go to the top. I knew I had something everywhere I go, won so many different awards. And that's when I got to the point where I started my own financial firm. And that's where I am right now, Aqua Financial. And I, I do a lot. I help a lot of different people. But my philosophy is financial education. Because in the old industry, financial educators or financial advisors, they get paid to give advice. Yes. But me, I deem myself a financial educator. I don't charge people for advice. So everything is all about financial education. So right now I'm on a national campaign for financial literacy. My mission is to educate as many people as possible about financial education. Last year, the, the goal was a million Americans financially educated. We did it. Yes. That's great. So right now it's, it's a sad time, uh, Monica, because as you and I speak right now, 65% of Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. One out of three Americans are in debt. The average American family cannot even handle a $400 emergency. The average college student changed their major at least four times. The average college student that gets out of college gets out of college with about $28,000 debt. If they're pursuing to be a professional, doctor, lawyer, or whatever that may be, anywhere from $100,000 debt to $200,000 debt. Here's the bombshell. Last year in America, all car loans and student loans combined did not surpass student loans. All car loans and credit card loans combined together did not surpass student loans. So right now- Staggering. Staggering. Yeah, right now, we don't have a, a money problem in America. We have a literacy problem, a lack of financial education. So that's what I'm really all about. I'm really about educating as many people as possible because it's a very, very troubling time. That's a great segue into one of something I've been thinking about. And first, I just want to kind of wrap that portion of this up. Well, here's what I saw as a bigger picture, you know, someone at a disadvantage, right? Someone being labeled, someone with a disability. Um, and one, you had the right mentor in your life, your mama, right? She cared enough and said, wait a second, something's not right. To, to get you what you needed to turn that disability into a superpower, right? And then you met your, your first mentor, your friend, all right? And, and the one who took you on the tour. And- Oh, my mentor on the tour, right? My friend, Melvin. And and then here you are pouring back in, right? So I really, I'm a firm believer of these stories, the events that are allowed in our lives are for a reason to get you to where you're supposed to be, to be the man that you were created to be. And that is just beautiful because now you're pouring into people. Right. As a result of your story. Right. It got you there. And that I can't imagine as a young man thinking, you know, this paycheck's going to be huge. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And I love that you said that because myself as a business coach and that's how we ended up connecting is there's a point 
it, where I am looking at P&Ls on a quarterly basis and making sure that certain finances of my clients are within a certain budget model. And I always, always have them. I'm like, all right, now we need a financial guru. And now we've got one, friends, <laughs> which I'm super excited about. And I always have told them, here's your next action item. There's two types of financial people out there. One, who is going to charge you to put your money in an investment, right? And two, the other one that's not going to sell you the investments, but it's going to educate you. That's the one we want. And so I'm super excited to be introducing you not only to the Consciouspreneur community, but also to um, to my clients and my tribe within the, the business industry. So with that said, all of that brought you to a point where you're passionate and you're on this campaign and mission for financial literacy. Tell me a little bit more about what that looks like. Well, you know, I tell you this, my main passion is to help people pursue their purpose in areas of financial education, because financial literacy is such a requirement, which means mm. I see so much disparity out there. And the young kids today is really my major concern because you got to really think about it. If 65% of Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck, one out of three Americans in debt, what is this generation going to pass to the next generation? Yeah. So I'm on this campaign and I'm serious about it to educate as many people as possible. It's not about the money for me. God has been good to me. My main objective is, is to educate individuals because I'll tell you this. In the word community is the word unity. Mm. If you don't have any unity, you don't have any community. Right. And I think it's a shame today where entertainers can make millions, but a teacher can barely make a living. So right. we talk education, but we really, really don't show the genuine passion and care toward education. So I know for a fact, if I can educate a family, the whole home can break that generational curse. Absolutely. So it's really, really about educating people. And I'm serious about that. I'm passionate about that. And I will educate as many people as possible free of charge. Because we're one that. of the wealthiest countries in the world, yet people are sleeping under freeways and people are homeless. Yeah. So I believe that once people are empowered financially, individually, it'll become a collective movement and we can break the back of poverty in America. That's, that's exactly where I am. And I'm serious about that. I love, love, love that, Rory. And we're going to actually, before we end today, we're not quite there yet, but we're going to tell the audience how they can get this education from you um, and where they need to go to seek that education. But before we get there, so if we go back to the, the consciouspreneur, um, which is someone who wants to have an impact on the world, right? By the way, by the way I want to cut you off. The consciouspreneur... When I first heard that, that thing sparked something inside of me. The consciousness. Because there's a big difference between an entrepreneur, and here's a word I made up, a wantrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Tell us what that is. You got the entrepreneur, you got the wantrepreneur, and you have the consciouspreneur. You got the juice. Let me tell you what I mean by that. See, a true entrepreneur is a person that's willing on turning their nine to five to their six to nine. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you're not willing on working 16 hours a day for yourself, 
you're not really, really ready to become an entrepreneur. Because once you become a conscientrepreneur, man, you're going to have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. But it's most people are entrepreneurs. A entrepreneur is a person that wants to do something but lack the obedience and the patience and discipline, the discipline to actually do it. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love the entrepreneur and I love the money for a lifetime, not a lunchtime. <laughs> because that's the state of affairs that so many people are in. And we're, you know, I, I love, just love the mission, Rory. That is, is incredible. So looking at it from that, you may have already answered the question, but let's go a little bit deeper. So knowing that they, the content entrepreneur wants to have an impact um, they, while they make a profit, right? So we are, um, we've got financial literacy in there and they know that personal growth is key. And, and when I look at your story, look at that growth using the disability, turning it into a superpower, recognizing the label saying in your mama stepping and saying, no, that's not it. And your determination. So that's personal growth. You've got a history of personal growth. So from that perspective, what do you think the conscientrepreneur needs to hear from the financial literacy aspect? The, contra- the conscientrepreneur is so incredible because the conscientrepreneur first off realized that it takes hard work and determination, rather, um, to get the job done. So what I would say is this, that you got to have a why. Yes. You got to have a why. Everyone has a story. But do you have a why? What I mean by your why? I always tell people this, Monica. I tell people your job is what you get paid for, but your destiny is what you were called for. Mm-hmm. I so love what I mean by that. When I say your job is what you get paid for, your destiny is what you are made for, or your gift. Everyone has a gift that's inside of them. But if you spend more time outside of yourself and very little time with yourself, you never may may not ever discover your gift. You'd be surprised how many people don't discover their gift. So That's very true. I encourage people, especially if you're an entrepreneur, spend a lot of time with yourself. Not only that, work on yourself. Yeah. Uh, actually develop into your consciousness as an entrepreneur. And once you discover what's inside of you, you're going to understand that that gift, that, that, that goal that's inside of you, you can take it anywhere. See, what I have inside of me, I can take it anywhere. And I can say it with confidence. You can take me to Nordstrom's and sell shoes. I'll be the number one shoe salesman. You can take me to the car dealership and sell cars. I'll be the number one car car salesman. Because I understand my gift. I can take my gift wherever I want to go. And not only that, your gift can change the atmosphere in your environment. Your gift can change the atmosphere in your environment. In other words, wherever you are, whatever challenges you have, whatever it may be, you can use your gift at any time to get to the next level. So always tell people this is two mindsets. You can either say that things are happening to you or things are happening for you. I choose to say things are happening for me. So when things go wrong, I go, yes, that's my superpower. Yes. So as a consciouspreneur, you got to stay focused no matter what, whether you're going through something. And let me tell you guys something. You're always going to be going through something. Yeah. The bottom line is, do you got something to go to? So I always tell people, don't focus on what you're going through, conscientrepreneurs. Focus on what you're going to. So don't let anyone rob you from your destiny or your dream, what you're going to. Keep that in mind, because I'm going to tell you that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And when you get to the next level, it's so much more rewarding. 
In the beginning, it's not going to start off easy. But I'll tell you, once you go through those little storms in life, uh, you're going to come out on top. And after every rainbow, there's a, I mean, after every storm, there's a rainbow. And it's really all about that. It's really all about just, you know, bunkering down, going through what you have to go through, but keep your eyes set on the prize, the thing that you're going after, what you're trying to build, your destiny. And that's what it's all about. I love that, Rory. Love that. God, that's so power packed, my friend. So because I also talk with clients about what are your gifts? No one has all the same gifts you do. It may be one, it may be two, but nobody has all the same ones. And then what do you care about? What are the passions of your heart that have been placed on your heart? Right. And you've got your gifts, your superpower, your passions of financial literacy. Um, and then what do you value in life? What's important to you? Yours is education and mentoring. And when you put those three things together, you will find your why because it's there. And you're right. So many people don't know what it is. But and you've got to look at it and you've got to overcome. You got to keep your eye on the prize. I also heard you say something about um that rung a bell with the, the, the personal growth and development. Um, don't not focusing on what you're going through. Don't let that take you down. Right. No, and that is key to grow into the person that you're meant to be. And that's what personal growth and development is. How do you react or respond when a door, when things go awry and a door slams shut saying, because most people go into victim mode, right? Which right. is, oh, no, I guess that wasn't for me, and and I don't know what I'm going to do now, and I can't believe this is happening to me. But what if our listeners took a different approach? And even when corona hit, that was a question I asked people because people in business were panicking, right, going away, especially real estate, because that's my niche. I do all businesses, but real estate is like, we can't do business. We're not, you know, um, and it was weebles, wobbles, but they don't fall down. So I asked the question, I'm like, brace yourself. Because you're not going to like this, right? You were going to feel resistance to this question initially. How could this be happening for you? And the ones that said, let me think about that. And they sat in silence for a moment. There's always an answer, right? And so when a door closes, look for the next door. You went through that door for a reason, right? Give thanks for whatever the lesson was, whoever you met and go keep going. Right. Don't fall over and play dead. (laughs) I I really want to talk to the people who haven't found their passion. Mm, Let's do that. There's something that I call having a buffet mentality. A buffet mentality. more. Okay. When you go to a buffet, you don't just have one dish. You have a whole lot of different dishes. Yes. And normally we, when we go to a buffet, we don't just try one thing. We go to the buffet because it's multiple things. And life is the same way. So you just got to go through that buffet, try different things, and you'll find your passion. Most people, they quit. So you want to really, really try different things and always tell people there's never any losses. There's only lessons. So really, it's all about what you say. What you say. So important. When, you know, you have a choice to say, as I said earlier, things are happening to you or for you. And you also have a a choice to say, hey, listen, most people go, hey, I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to do this tomorrow. No. Why don't you say I get to go to work tomorrow? Yes, I get to. Big mindset shift. Go to the gym and work out. I get to do something different. It's all about mindset. It's all about mindset. It's all mindset. It's the words that you use. And I always tell people, Monica, 
It's not what people say to you or about you. It's really what you say to yourself about you. So, so that's powerful. really important. So powerful. Because whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Right. Henry Ford said that, I think. These six inches are imperative as a consciouspreneur to constantly be checking that voice inside the head. Right. And what you tell yourself. Telling yourself. Yeah. You can do it. Constantly telling yourself that you got greatness inside of you. And that's so important what you say to yourself. And see, that's my superpower because, you know, I'll tell you, when you're embarrassed and you can't read and you got a disability, that's a tough thing. Oh, I and you got a classroom around you and someone calls you out to read. You know how, how that feels? I, I can't even begin to imagine. Um, I did not have a disability, but when they called on me, I panicked. Yes. So... I cannot even begin to imagine the panic that would settle in. There, therefore, the diver, the diversion, right? Exactly. So now I don't believe in uh, uh, retreating. <laughs> I, yes. go after, I go after everything, and that's what it's all about. But really, I reaffirm within myself the greatness that that was already inside of me. Each and every person, everyone is listening. Look at me right now. Just, just I'm telling you, you got greatness inside of you. You have greatness inside of you. I get it. Some of you guys feel like, hey, I haven't discovered it. I'm letting you know there's never any losses. There's only lessons. So it's really about just trying different things. And I guarantee you, if you don't give in or give up, you're going to find your purpose. And when you do, it's going to be well worth it. Isn't that so true, Rory? And the Consciouspreneur is all about being intentional. There it is. Right. Being aware. So if you're aware that you've not found it and then intentionally going, you know what, I'm going to figure this out because what you focus on expands. If you never focus on figuring out your purpose, guess what? You may not find it. And you'll never be a conscientrepreneur if you're comfortable. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. We only grow outside of our comfort zone. Isn't that is. true? That's a fact. I love, love, love that. Oh, good stuff, Rory. Good stuff. So let's, here's what I would like to do next, I believe. I want to hear, um, because we, we, before we close and give ways people can get financial literacy from you, if you got one, if you had one piece of advice that you wanted to give our entrepreneurs when it comes to their finances, whether it's how their business is structured um, or what it is, what would be the, the top thing that you'd like to share with them today? Give them a little teaser of some of the things that were coming down the pipe if they connect with you. Well, I'll tell you this first. I can't build anyone if I don't know them. Mm. But I always tell people this. There's something I call my three C's. Three C's. Okay. The first C is consistency. Consistency is the key to success. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to even know the most, but you got to be consistent. That goes across the board all the way. Yeah, got to be consistent. Now, the second C is confidence. And you always hear people say, I need more confidence. I need to gain confidence. But I'll tell you this, if you're not consistent, you'll never gain confidence. Right. So once you're consistent, you begin to gain, gain confidence. That's the second C. And confidence does not come overnight. Confidence comes by doing the same thing over and over again. When you do the same thing over and over again, you don't get bitter, you get better. Yes. The third C is courage. So once you're consistent, you gain the confidence, you get the courage to win. 
So it's important first that you have a firm foundation. See, when you're building a house from the ground up, what's the most important part? The foundation. Foundation. If the foundation's weak, the house falls. So first you want to have a solid foundation and you want to protect that foundation. And then you go from a solid foundation to debt management. Now, there's two types of debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Good debt if I'm paying for my mortgage or my business or my education. Bad debt, wasteful spending, bad habits, useless credit cards. Yes. Then you go from debt management to emergency fund. Now, there's something that's called the 10-20 rule. 10-20 rule. We should have at least six to 10 months of our monthly expenses saved up. So let's say if I have $1,000 in expenses a month, I need a minimum of 6000 saved up just for emergency. Yes. The 20 represents 20 times our annual salaries to retire. So let's say if I make $60,000 a year, I need $1.2 million to retire, not at one time, but over time. Yes. So then we go from emergency fund to investments. If you notice, I started from the bottom with foundation. Yeah. Most people want to invest first and they lack foundation. So you go from an emergency fund to investments and the average American, Monica, pays every bill first before they pay themselves. And that's a bad habit. When you pay your bills before you pay yourself, you're training yourself subconsciously to be a consumer. So one of the first rules of money is to learn how to treat yourself like a bill. Pay yourself first. I love that because most people are used to settling for whatever's left. Yes. Pay yourself first. That's the entrepreneur. That's one of the first rules. Treat yourself like a bill. Pay yourself first. Gosh, I love that. Love that, Rory. This has been so insightful and so incredible. You are an inspiration to the world. I love your story. I love your mission. I'm just warming up. I'm just. I know. I know. So if anyone wants to learn more, if they're like, you know what, I need more Rory K of my life, because that's what I said when we first crossed paths. Uh, And I'm excited for all of my people um, to meet you. By the time this airs, we will have done our five part series. And I'm so excited about that. Um, Yet, but if anyone wants to start gaining financial literacy and and preparing for retirement, get this education that you've got in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, what is the best way for them to connect with you to do that? Well, I'm like Denny's. I'm open 24 hours a day. (laughs) All All you got to do is just go online and put in Rory K. Douglas. I'm on TikTok with over a million and a half followers. I'm on social media. I'm everywhere. And that's what it's all about. I'm just everywhere. You can just, if you want to reach out to me, just go to, like I said, RoryKDouglas.com and you'll see everything that I'm doing, where I'm at and the places I'm going to actually be. That's it. And I want to tell you guys, Rory is highly, highly responsive. And here's what happened. I don't know if you remember this. I saw a TikTok. When you were duetting somebody and the guy was saying, you should not own your car. It should not be in your name. It should be in the name of your LLC. Your house should be in your LLC. And you should maybe even have an S Corp that governs and owns the LLC. And then maybe even a trust that owns the S Corp. And my mind was blown. I was like, this is what I've been talking about. This is what people (laughs) need to hear. 
And so I, I uh, asked my beautiful admin who runs my business, Julia, I'm like, find this dude, connect with him, and, and let's see if he's – and I have to say – uh, I didn't know that I was going to get time with you, Rory. And now I feel like you're my buddy. <laughs> Listen, you're we're buddies. You already know that. You already know that. We're, we're, we're connected. Bottom line. We're connected. I love that. I love that. I cannot thank you enough for your time, your, your servant heart, your knowledge, and your sharing. It's truly an honor and a blessing to have you on the show today, Rory. And it's a blessing and an honor to be on the show and uh, also, too, I just want you to know that uh, you are such a great spirit, a, a great being, and you keep doing what you're doing because I'm telling you, you are really doing some incredible stuff out there. And uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, good people coming together and helping people. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm more excited being on your show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to coming again and helping people. But that's it. You know, hey, I'm just I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I'm here. I'm excited about possibilities. And you're right. It's I love what you said about community and unity. We're all in this together. Yes. Right. And, and paths cross for a reason. So right on. All right. Aurora, you have a blessed day. And thank you once again, brother. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.